On today's Triangle Sports Take, it's our first episode of 2021. We've got some college basketball to talk about now that football's uh, behind us. That's our main focus now. And our usual segments, a couple other little things. So should be a fun episode, and we're going to start it off how we usually do with Quotes with Cody. Hey, guys. Hope y'all are doing well. Had a good start to uh, 2021. Know it's been chaotic. In my humble opinion, I don't think it's going to be any better than 2020 was, but that's just me. Um, Got a real quick quote for you, as always. Um, This is by Jack Benny. Um, I kind of picked it because my dad's name is Benny, and this guy's last name is Benny, so I don't know. But the quote says, if you don't mind, it doesn't matter. So basically, what I'm thinking here is... If it doesn't get you all riled up, it probably doesn't matter. So don't worry about it. All right, guys, so we have kind of a special segment we're going to get going right here. It's really probably just going to be like a one-time segment we're going to do today, but it is offensive team names uh, that we're going we're gonna to talk about here. Everyone knows about the, um, you know, the Washington football team, formerly known as the Washington... So, um, yeah, because of them and because of the Cleveland Indians, apparently they're getting their um, team name renamed <clears throat> as well. Me, me, Cody Mitchell thought, you know, there's a lot more offensive team names out there. In fact, pretty much almost every team name is offensive. So we are going to name some of the most offensive team names out there, and we are going to demand that people change the name of the team because, you know, that's that's what people are starting to do now. They get offended by a team name and they can change it. A couple I've thought of, you know, just looking at the NFL, we've got the Philadelphia Eagles and the Arizona Cardinals, and these team names are offensive to any type of flightless bird, so I really think they should change those names. Um, I'm sure all the birds that can't fly are offended by them, so that's those are a couple team names team names that need to be changed um cody or mitchell you guys got any off the top of your head yeah i was thinking you know the san francisco giants are kind of offensive because like i mean i'm not that big so i guess i can't play for them right right yeah offensive to short people i guess yeah good point good point i've got a major problem with the new york yankees just being uh anti-southerners and honestly just their organization as a whole is offensive to all other baseball clubs and all baseball fans that truly like baseball. So I'm just going to go with the Yankees. Very good point, Cody. Great point. And then yeah, uh, I also think, like, I was thinking, like, maybe the Colorado Rockies, you know, because, like, the East Coast people that don't have the Rockies, it's kind of kind of beat. Yeah, true. That's uh, that's offensive to us East Coast people because we can't enjoy that. Uh, another one I thought of, actually, is... Uh, a team me and Cody are a fan of, the Atlanta Braves. Um, that's offensive to anyone who's not brave, you know. Anyone who goes through life scared all the time, that's offensive to them. So that's another offensive team name we need to change there. Um, oh, yeah, and then the, the Miami Heat. That's offensive to people who like to be cold. Another offensive team name that needs to be changed. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're really just kind of diving into this. Uh, so there's, I'm sure there's a lot more team names we can think of out there. Um any last ones before we move on, guys? No, but I think, you know, we got to start putting some petitions together to get some of these names changed because if they're going to change the the Redskins, then, yeah, they got all this stuff, too. Oh, whoops, we forgot to bleep that one out. 
Sorry, Mitchell. Ah, my bad. <laughs> I gotta watch my mouth, guys. I'm sorry. All right, so now it's time for another edition of Questions with Carson. Uh, let me actually pull this question up. I want to make sure I get this thing right so I can read it off to you guys. All right, so this question is based on this. So um, in Australia, there are 48 million kangaroos. And in Uruguay, there's only about 3.4 million people that live in Uruguay. So if all the kangaroos in Australia decided to invade Uruguay, each person in Uruguay would have to fight off 14 kangaroos. So if this were to happen, do you guys think the kangaroos would be able to overtake Uruguay, or do you think the Uru Uruguayans would be able to fight off 14 kangaroos per person? You know, I think it depends. Uh, I think if the kangaroos are smart and they gang up on them, I think 14 kangaroos can definitely take a person. No doubt. But, you know, if the kangaroos just kind of wander around with their heads cut off, I don't know. It's going to be tough for them. Yeah. I think the people are the underdog, though, going into this one. Sounds like it. Yeah, I think I'm going to take... I guess I'll take the kangaroos. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not a bad pick. It's hard to overcome 14-1 to 1 odds. But yeah, let's hope uh, for the Uruguayan sake, the kangaroos in Australia don't listen to this podcast. Otherwise, they just realize that they can probably overtake Uruguay. So now that college football is over, we're going to really dive into college basketball. Now that conference season has started up and everything. Um, weird year so far with the whole no fans thing. Still can't get used to that. Um, but I'll, I'll start off uh, kind of talking a little bit about Carolina and what I've seen from them and what I kind of expect from them going forward um they haven't looked great but haven't looked super terrible I, I still honestly am not sure what i think about this team i feel like i feel like usually by january um you know we're recording this on january 20th so we're more than halfway through january um i feel like i usually have a better idea of how the team is uh by this point in the season but honestly i this team confuses me i don't know how how good they're going to be by the end of the year, what their season's going to look like by the end of the year. Um, they started off conference play 0-2, um, and, and so I was like, well, crap, we're about to have a repeat of last season. This isn't going to suck. This is going to be terrible. But then they, they did follow the 0-2 startup with three straight wins. They weren't pretty wins, but they were wins nonetheless. Uh, they were all close games, but they won those three to go to 3-2 and two in the ACC. They just lost a close game. Um, the other day to Florida State, which I don't know if anyone's seen Florida State play, but they're really, really good this year. Or at least they have looked like it so far. So, I mean, it's, you know, not really – no shame in really losing to Florida State. You'd like to be able to beat some big teams. But um, dropped, the, dropped Carolina to 3-3 three and three in ACC play. And, uh, yeah, every single ACC game has actually been decided by seven points or less for Carolina so far. So, uh as far as my blood pressure and stress level, these games haven't been good because they've all come right down to the last few seconds, it seemed like. And they, they're they actually playing uh, Wake Forest right now. Um, last I checked, that game was tied. It had just started. But that's probably a must-win kind of game because losing to Wake Forest would be bad because they're not good this year. But um, some positives I've seen out of players – and some negatives I've seen. I'll start with the negatives. The negatives are with R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, the two freshman guards who 
had a lot of hype coming into this season, but they have really not lived up to the hype. They haven't done good at all. They've struggled. They've turned the ball over a lot. Um, I feel like for Carolina to be a good team, like I think they can be, um, Love and Davis are going to have to step up and start playing how they're supposed to play. You know, unfortunately, they haven't done that yet. Hopefully, they will. I guess we'll see. Um, and then Garrison Brooks kind of started off not so good, not as good as people expected, but he's kind of picked it up a little bit lately. Um, Armando Baycott, he's he's done decent. I mean, he's done better than last year so far. He's definitely improved. And then um, two two freshmen that have looked really good is um, Kerwin Walton and Dayron Sharp. Kerwin Walton is basically the only guy on Carolina who can shoot a three this year is what it seems like. Uh, He's, he's knocked down a bunch of three-pointers. He's shooting really good. You know, thank goodness we have him or we'd have literally nobody that could shoot threes. And then um, Dayron Sharp, freshman big guy who's rebounded the ball really well, scored really well. Uh, it's definitely seen a lot of good things out of him. But, yeah, I guess overall it's just kind of confusing because I'm not really sure how the rest of the season is going to play out. But, um, yeah, that's what I've got on Carolina right now. Yeah, I can I can tap in um, and talk a little bit about Duke season so far. Um, and I, I think I said this on one of the first pods we did the start of basketball season, but this is the worst Duke team I've ever seen, and I've been watching Duke basketball for a long time. Um, but I think it's kind of one of those things where every now and then, you know, when you when you play the one and done game, the recruiting classes aren't going to be stellar every year. So that's kind of something that you got to expect. Um, but I mean, with that being said, I think there are a few individual good talents on the team. I think um, I think Jalen Johnson's a pro for sure. Um, you know, he's got great potential. He played played amazing in their last game against Pittsburgh in a loss. Um, he had his stats were super fat, for lack of a better way to put it. You know, tons of points, tons of assists, tons of rebounds. Um, played great, but I, I do also think that. With him being out, it has hurt Duke a little bit. Um, but at the same time, they're they're not going to have any significant improvements just having him in the lineup. So I don't think that's an excuse for their record. Their, their defense has been terrible, especially to name to name a few players. Matthew Hurt, he's been he's been knocking down his shots, but his defense is just his defense is awful. Um, they got a lot of stuff to work on, um, but I, I just I think this is going to be one of those Duke teams where. You know, they just kind of pop in and out of the top 25 all year. They, they probably will squeak into the tournament, um, but that's not a guarantee at this point. But really, they just they got to play harder. Um, you know, they're not a super, super talented offensive team, but they got to defend the ball. Like, you know, you got to step the shooters. You got to – you just got to be aggressive, and that's what they're going to have to do to make any ground this year. Um, I, I see – I see them losing a few games because, you know, some teams like what Carson was saying, Florida State's good, Clemson's good. Um, there's some other ACC players for sure, I just think. I think it's going to be a tough one for them. But I, I know I think next season will be better, and it's sad to say that I'm already looking towards next season. But I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, but before Cody goes and talks about NC State, I do have uh, one kind of point to make and question to see if you guys know. So – Carolina, they haven't done great. Duke, they haven't done great. Right now, this uh, this week's top 25 just came out, and they both were outside of the top 25. They both were not ranked. Do you guys yeah. know? Do you guys know when the last year was that both Duke and Carolina were not ranked at the same time? 
Well, I do know the. I don't know about Duke, Carolina. Or just Duke and Carolina, but I know for Duke, Carolina, and Kentucky combined, I think it hasn't had all three of them out of the top 25 since 1967. Oh, dang. I'm yeah. not sure about just Duke and Carolina, but I'm sure it's still been a long time. Yeah. Cody, you have any guesses? No, that sounds about right to me. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw the one about Kentucky, and it was, yeah, some year in the 60s, but, um,. Just Carolina and Duke alone, they haven't been outside of the top 25 since 1982 until this past yeah. week. So that's that's just crazy to think about that it's been that yeah. long and crazy to think that they're both struggling that much that they're outside the top 25. No, I was just going to say, it's it's definitely impressive. And I think, you know, people are talking about how, how bad they are this year. But honestly, like, you're not – great programs like those aren't going to be – you know, they're not going to be down for very long. Um yeah. You know, they might have a year, maybe another year, where they're a little bit weaker. But I don't, I still don't see them, you know, falling off anytime soon. Yeah. Oh, and w- one more thing. I think I saw the last time Carolina and Duke played each other, where they both weren't ranked, was in 1960. I think so. Not only before we were born, but like before our parents were born, is last time they played each other, wow. and both teams were not ranked. Now. That being said, we've got a few more weeks, I think maybe two or three weeks, until Carolina and Duke meet for the first time. So we'll, we'll see if one of them can climb back into the top 25 and keep that streak alive or not. It'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far as state goes, it's been a weird year because we, we had such a long break because of COVID. Um, our most recent game against Virginia got postponed because of COVID. So it's been a weird year. We lost a couple close ones, um, most notably to Clemson. Would have been a really good win. Um, I haven't been able to watch a ton just because of crazy life, but um, Shaquille Moore, Shaquille Moore, the uh, freshman, he's looked really good. Um, he's not scared of anybody. Um, and then I think we're at our best the more we involve Thunderbird. We have a tendency to do a lot of perimeter shooting and just driving and throwing up floaters and layups and stuff. Um, but to me, from what I've seen, we're at our best when he's most involved. He's definitely our best scoring big man. So um, that's my thoughts for State. Overall, we're looking better, but we're definitely uh, not where we need to be. So... We'll see. I think we got Carolina for our next game now that Virginia got postponed. So hopefully we uh, compete well, maybe pull out a win. Yeah, I think that is right. And I think um, I think State's biggest uh, opponent this year so far has been the coronavirus itself. They've had a few games canceled. But hopefully that next game coming up, State and Carolina will be able to get, get played. But I guess we'll see. And I guess we'll kind of find out the – what happens in the rest of this crazy season? It feels weird with kind of some of the bigger teams not doing as good. So, going to make for an interesting tournament, assuming that happens. Yeah, absolutely. So, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show now with Mitchell's Corner. So, Mitchell, tell us what you got. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I was watching the, the Bucks-Saints game uh, the other day, and I was thinking, man, it's kind of crazy how, like, a lot of the um, like the superstar sports icons that we kind of grew up with are starting to retire. Makes me kind of feel like I'm getting old. But you know, it also it also got me thinking like um, 
I've been watching a lot of NBA basketball lately. Um, I'm not exactly sure why I've gotten into it. Maybe it's just because Duke sucks. So I've been watching their um, their former players play. Um, shout out to Zion that had like two thirty point games. But anyway, um, yeah. So I was thinking, how long is LeBron going to play in the NBA? Like realistically, how long is he going to be good? Like obviously he's you know still still good right now. Um, you know he's not doing some of the stuff he did when he was. 25 or 30, but he's still a great player. I guess my question to you guys is, you know, hop in the discussion and just what do you think? How long is he going to last? Because he's one of the last, or not last, but one of the biggest ones we grew up with. Yeah, that's um, that's something I've thought about, like how long can he keep this up at the level he's at? Um, and I don't know, it's something where the last couple of years I've expected him to start to kind of trail off and just not be able to really play well, but so far, he's kept it up. I mean, I, I think he might could play, at, you know, at like a superstar type of level, maybe for like two more years. Like, I think this year yeah. he'll still be fine. Next year he probably will be. But then, like, after that, he might still be in the NBA. But I don't think – I don't know if he'll be like superstar level, you know, come like, I don't know, 2023 season or what, whatever that is. So that that's kind of yeah. what I think about it. I would think – so here's my question, kind of off of Mitchell's. I think probably a couple more years at a superstar level. But do you guys think that he would still be interested in playing when he starts to drop off and becomes more of a role player type? Employee? Yeah, that's that's actually a great question, and that kind of leads me up to my next point because I know I think his ultimate goal is to still be in the NBA when his son gets into the NBA. Yeah, and I yeah. I think his son will be able to, will be eligible for the NBA in twenty twenty three. If I'm right, um, maybe maybe I'm not. Maybe it's twenty twenty four. But I think it's like three years from now, right? So I think like he at least will be in the NBA one year, one more year when his son gets into it. Um, because he wants to play with them. I don't know. I don't know exactly how good it'll be when he retires, but I think he'll still be in, like, the a guy that averages, like, probably 17, 18 a game. You yeah. know, he might, be a, he might be a Carmelo type where he misses, like, a lot and just keeps shooting, but I think he will still still be decent. Yeah, I, I, I think... Oh, go ahead, Cody. I have kind of a question for you guys, kind of coming off of what Mitchell was saying, but do you guys think that athletes are playing longer now because we're seeing like Tom Brady, Drew Brees. I mean, you look at like Phillip Rivers and then in the NBA, you got LeBron obviously getting up in age. We've seen guys like playing all the way up until their late thirties and early forties across all sports. And I'm wondering if you guys think that players are playing longer now or if we're just noticing it because it's our generation. I think I have. I think that they are playing longer now, and I think I have a reason to justify it. Um, and I was actually thinking about that too. I think that they're playing longer now because I think they know that they have to be in better physical shape to play their sports. Like you know, you think of like guys back in the day. They're they're not doing the stuff. They weren't doing the stuff that the guys now are doing. That are professional athletes. Like I think their bodies are just in much better physical shape so they can play longer. Yeah, that's my theory. 
It, yeah, I think what's funny, Mitchell, on the other side of that is that it seems like baseball players, particularly pitchers, are not being as effective for as long of careers. So, like, in basketball and yeah. football, I feel like players are trending towards playing longer. Maybe yes. like, obviously, like, more modern medicines and stuff and better training regimens and just overall better health of the players. But then in baseball... I feel like pitchers are dropping off where they're really not effective past their early 30s anymore. Uh, maybe that has to do with, like, the... I mean, I don't I don't know, like, averages or what people threw, like, miles per hour-wise back in the day, but maybe it's, like, because they're, they're required to play at a higher level, and when you're throwing a baseball at 100-whatever yeah. miles an hour, it's, like, it just wears you down faster. Yeah, there's no, like... I almost think that they've come up with so many different types of medicines to help preserve your muscles and stuff yeah. for like basketball and football players, but like for a pitcher in baseball, because so much of that work is done on more tendons and ligaments, that they really haven't come up with an effective medicine to help preserve that for the level of strain that they're putting on in their bodies. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's an interesting thought. I would I'd be interested yeah, to see like some more studies on that coming out. Yeah, that, that that's yeah. an interesting question, and um, I, I kind of agree with what y'all have been saying. I mean, I, I I agree that I think there's like you know more modern medicine. They take better care of their bodies, but um, at the same time, it's kind of hard to tell because you know we're, we're all in our early twenties, so like we haven't watched like football without Tom Brady or like basketball without LeBron or you know football yeah. without Philip Rivers. So, like, what I don't I don't have to go back and look to see how old the players were because these types of players that are like now retiring or getting into the end of their career, we've, we've like grown up watching them. So we, I don't really know how to compare them to, uh, you know, guys from the eighties, but I, I do believe that they are like taking better care of their bodies. You know, I, I do feel like, um, you know, back in the eighties, it probably wasn't uncommon for a pro athlete to go out there, drink a six pack of beer right before the game and then run out there and play, you know, and uh, I feel like guys now probably aren't doing that anymore. So that's probably part of why they may be playing longer now. I think in football, too, like, there's so many new rules to protect the players from, like, taking just yeah. absolutely brutal hits that that plays a large part in, like, how long their careers are, too. Because, like, before Brady and Breeze, like, they're obviously huge. Like, they get a ton of credit for how long they've played. But before them, like, I can think of, like, Brett Favre playing a long time. Yeah. Um, I think he was kind of the first one, though. Yeah, I feel like he was the first one of this generation – to like really start playing into their 40s. I'm not sure if that's over all of time or, but it seems like more of an, more commonplace now where, I mean, you've got Big Ben, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, like several guys playing all the way up into their 40s, whereas back then it was more of an anomaly, not everyday stuff. But yeah. maybe I'm wrong on that, so... I mean, I feel like you're I feel like you're probably right, but I don't know. It's I do feel like guys these days are maybe are playing a little bit longer, but I don't really have any facts to back that up with. But I'm sure I'm sure they are. Mitchell, you got anything else, or should we go ahead and wrap this thing up? Yeah, no, I think that's it. Well, this, I'd say this uh, this was a successful first episode of 2021. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will talk to you guys next time. See y'all.